night. Um, I don't know, not too many are on social media. Um, some of you have heard probably, but anybody heard about the Asbury Revival going on right now? Asbury Revival, raise your hand if you know, I'm just curious. Yeah, all on social media. <laughs> um, Asbury Revival, uh, Asbury College in uh, Wilmore, Kentucky. It's about 40 minutes or so from Lexington. Uh, it's a Christian college. They, they had a chapel service like they do on Wednesdays, uh, last Wednesday morning. And I listened to the message that a guy preached. It was just an average guy, preached a good message, about 30 minutes. And um, nothing spectacular. You know, it wasn't like a fiery, but it was a good message. And they closed out chapel. And after they closed out chapel, he, he, did, he did challenge them, you know, to repentance, to a non-hypocritical love, what love really looked like. And uh, it, was real, it was a good message. Well, after the message, uh, I think from what I understand, about 15, 20 students didn't leave. And they just stayed and just started confessing sin, praying together. And it just sparked a revival. More students started coming back into the chapel. And at the moment, right now, uh, it's, it's, this has been going since last Wednesday, and they haven't left. And now there's like thousands of people there right now. I've, I was watching the live feed on, on the way to church. They can't get anybody else in the building. And it's not like a, it's not like they're, it's just spontaneous worship. It is people getting up and reading scriptures occasionally. It is, uh, you know, look, I've, I've watched some different videos. There's people just getting over in the corner, praying together. You see people laying down with their face on the floor, just praying. Um, uh, people confessing sin, getting their hearts right, people getting saved. And what happens, too, is what's happening, um, many other colleges, it's like spreading. And so there's several colleges right now. Um, I learned of another one yesterday. There's about four or five I'm aware of where this, this spirit of revival is spreading in these different colleges, and these students are getting together confessing sin, repentance, and Lord saving. And it's, just, it's, not all, it's not all in Christian colleges either. And so you're not hearing about it on local news, of course, but I do think that Tucker Carlson is doing something with Asbury College tonight. They can't ignore it um, because it's just too big. And uh, so it's really interesting to me. Um, there will be charlatans that try to enter in. We get that uh, to try to take advantage of it, different things. But there's no reason to question uh, some very genuineness about it uh, from what I'm seeing. And, uh, and I've talked to people that, uh, I've listened to people that have actually been there. I've talked to people that have talked to people that have been there. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's, um, it's, it's neat. It really is. And uh, it's just good to see God move like that. And um, there's always skeptics, you know, but uh, yeah, cynicism, that kind of thing. Uh, but who am I, right? I, I'll... I'll uh, uh, I rejoice in what I've heard. I rejoice in what I've seen. And uh, from what I've heard, what I've seen has been very genuine. And so, uh, and, and in line with the definition of revival. Uh, and that's what I want to talk about a little bit tonight. Um, Isaiah fifty-seven fifteen says, For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place, 
with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as I bow before you tonight, I want to give you thanks for uh, what we hear, uh, Lord, regarding uh, the Asbury Revival and other revivals and, and uh, places that, where people are just falling prostrate before you in, re in repentance and asking for forgiveness of sins of people and confessing sin, getting their hearts right and, and looking to Christ and praising Christ. And uh, We thank you for what we've heard. And Lord, I pray that that, that spirit would continue to spread. Uh, I pray that as there are thousands tonight meeting in, at the Asbury College, uh, Lord, that the people that have traveled from all over the world to be there, uh, Lord, I pray that they would uh, take that with them. Lord, you'd work in their hearts and that that, that, that would just spread across our nation. Uh, Lord, I'm thankful for what I've seen and heard. And uh, we pray for ourselves, Lord. And, and what I do know, Lord, is we don't have to go to a certain location either, uh, Lord, to be revived. We need to go to a certain person. And so, Lord, we come to you tonight. And, Lord, we ask that uh, you as well would work up in our hearts. And, and Lord, I love the fact that, that, uh, that you used a very small group of students that were just broken before you. And, and what it has turned out to be. And we're thankful for that. And so we, though we, we be few tonight, let our hearts be touched by your word. Let our hearts be touched by you. And, and help us, Lord, I pray, that uh, maybe even here as well, that our hearts will be touched in such a way and that that would spread. Lord, spread to our families and spread to our church and spread to our community to where it cannot be denied that God is among us and working and moving greatly. Uh, Lord, work within us as you see fit, and let us rejoice where you are working, Lord, in, in great ways. And we pray in Jesus' name, and amen. Uh, I think that all of us would, would say, if I asked a question, do we desire revival, I think we'd all say, yeah, we want revival. But what does that really mean, you know, when we say we want revival? Um, so, well, I want revival because I want to see God working greatly in other people's lives. It might be that. And that's part of revival. I, I want to see God work mightily in other people's lives. Um, but for us personally to desire revival, say for ourselves, um, it's, it's not necessarily about going to a certain place, and though there's nothing wrong with people going to Asbury, I'm not saying that, but it is about going to a certain person, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so I think to really want revival... I think if you really boil it down, it is desiring the presence of Christ in a very intimate, very personal way that maybe you haven't had in a while. And we can, we can, we can go through seasons, can't we, as Christians? We're kind of going through the motions, and, and it's not really, it, it's, it's, it's about an outward form of religion, and it's not really about, based upon a very personal relationship of walking with Jesus Christ in His presence. Um, but, but anyhow, I want to, so I want to talk a little bit about revival. I don't know how much I'll get through this tonight, and maybe I'll do it for a few Wednesdays. Um, but I want to talk about relationship of revival and the connection that it has uh, with confession of sin and with sin in general. Because I don't think you can have real revival without talking about sin. Um, that's one of the things I have seen in the testimonies and what I've heard is, is that's one of the first things people were talking about was 
And people are confessing sin and turning from sin. I love that. It wasn't that, well, people are just so excited. They're just crazy and running everywhere. And, well, God's moving. And people are just, it wasn't that. People are confessing sin and turning from sin. I was like, wow, you don't, you don't hear that, you know. And, but, so I liked that, that that was one of the first things I heard. Um, and speaking about revival and talking about sin, I, I want to notice something here. Uh, in the Word of God, he says, For I dwell, in verse 15, For I dwell in a high and holy place. So there's the presence of God. I dwell, God is present there, in the high and holy place with Him. There's personal. With Him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the heart of the humble and revive the heart of the contrite one. So God is, when, when God is present, God will be is present in, in the heart of the humble. And the heart of the humble includes here the heart of the contrite ones or the broken ones. Um, th- this passage oftentimes is used when, when you might hear about revival. Uh, but it teaches us many, many things. And the main thing first is that we're, God's presence is there. We can't have revival without the presence of God. On a very personal level, I, I, think, I think an individual can have real revival and nobody else even get it. There's been times in my life where I know I've just been so close to the Lord and confessing sin. You know, I mean, it's just like you just, it's like you have your own personal revival. You're so excited. You've been before the Lord. You've just confessed sin as much as you can. You just sought the presence of God. You're rejoicing in the Lord. You're rejoicing in the Word. You're just, you got the joy of the Lord. Christ is everything to you. You're focused on Him. And you just want to walk with him. You don't. You don't want to. You don't even want to turn on a radio and listen to something that's not Christian. I mean, you're just your mind is so much on the Lord. Let's not turn the TV on right now. Let's just think about the Lord. I mean, you, you get it. Those times, because you just don't want any distraction. And uh, and you can you can have that. And uh, and the person next to you may not, but it can spread too at the same time. Because it is contagious. I think that when people see your relationship with Christ and how it's affecting you and, and how you're enjoying Christ and, and you have the joy of the Lord and, and you're just right with the Lord and, and all of those things, it's like people are like, what is that? I want that. Or, the, or it reminds them of what they've once had as a Christian. And they're like, you know what? I know what that is. I, I want that again. I dwell in a high and holy place. You know, God talks about the reviving of the heart of the contrite ones or, or ones that the word contrite really speaks of, of being crushed or, or broken. God shows up in places that are broken. When we're broken before the Lord, God shows up and He says He dwells there. Now, now we can be contrite or broken for many reasons and some reasons that aren't even necessarily related to any sin of our own. Okay, we can be broken or uh, due to other people's sin or what so many bad things are going through. We can be broken because of, of sickness or, or, or death. We can be broken in our heart for many reasons, okay? Um, and we, we can uh, definitely see the presence of the Lord in those times, but that's not what this is talking about. That's not the kind of brokenness this is talking about. Uh, the, the context of this passage is in relationship of being broken over sin. So there's a difference. There, there's a brokenness that comes from hard times and trials. You know, there's a brokenness over some people experiencing loss or yourself experiencing loss. But this brokenness is in relationship to the brokenness we need to experience over sin. Uh, 
in, in verse 16, he says, For I will not contend forever, nor will I always be angry. For the Spirit would fail before me, and the souls which I have made for the iniquity of his covetousness. I was angry and struck him. I hid and was angry, and he went on backsliding in the way of his heart. Notice he says, I was I hid and was angry. God said, I, I, it's, it's like God is saying, I was hiding. I was upset. Because of the sin, they were backslidden. And when you're, back, when you're backslidden, we, use that, we don't use that term too often, but it is a biblical term. You're just not in close communion with the Lord. You're not intimate with the Lord because your sin is dividing the Lord from you. And you say, well, we all sinned. Yes, we did. But there's a difference between fighting sin, temptation, fighting against it through the day, and engaging in sinful practice and just going on with it, not repenting of it, not seeking repentance not seeking confession, not seeking forgiveness. There's a difference. And I think if you've been saved any time at all, you know there's a difference. Um, so see, we see a connection here between sin and really the, the absence of God. In other words, when, when we're living in, in what we know is known sin and we're making those, that choice, we can't enjoy the Lord. We lose that intimacy. We lose that communion, that, that fellowship. We cannot enjoy His presence. There's a withdrawal there. Um, when your kids might, you might be uh, a problem there. They might live in the same house with you, but you know, you, they're present, and you're present, but there's, there's that loss of connection. They're still your kid, and they're still kind of in the same proximity, still maybe in the house with you, but you've lost that connection. Turn to Isaiah 59. It might just need to turn over a page there. Isaiah 59 says this. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you. So he will not hear. Folks, we can, we can still get like that. We can get to the place where we're just in sin, we're living in sin. And, and then even when we do try to talk to God, he's not, he says, I'm not listening. There's some things in our, in our life we've got we to confess and get right if we're going to pray and be intimate with the Lord. I, I've experienced that. I've experienced times where I, you know, I maybe watched something I shouldn't have, and then I, you know, didn't, I thought, eh, you know, and then I go to pray later, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> I go to study. I want to get close to the Lord. I need to study. And I'm like, you know what? I, that, that thing keeps coming to my mind that I allowed in my life, and I, I you know, I let it entertain me. And I'm like, oh. and when I get on my knees, confess, get my heart right with the Lord, then I, there's an intimacy there that you experience that you didn't until you confessed. Um, there's a separation you experience. And I thank God for that because if we didn't experience that and we didn't know that, that, that lack of intimacy, that lack of communion, then you know what we would do? We would keep on, we'd keep on doing it. we keep on sinning. It's a, it's a form of chastisement, a, a, a sensing of withdrawal of, of, the, of the sweetness and the intimacy of, of fellowship and communion with the Lord. And we feel like the walls or the ceiling is brazen, you know, and we can't pray because we got this thing of sin that we're not dealing with in our life and we're still trying to pray while still hanging on to the sin and it doesn't work. We're still going to church and, and maybe trying to enjoy worship, but in our mind we're like, we know we're still dealing with this and we're not turning from it. We're not repenting from it. And we know our worship isn't what it should be. 
This isn't about trying to be perfect to worship God. It's not about trying to, to uh, come in your own righteousness either. But the Bible does teach us as children of God, we must repent, we must confess our sins and seek His forgiveness. We just can't be out of fellowship with God uh, or, or if, we, if we fail to realize that we can be out of fellowship with God for, for, for a long time and not even realize it, then we've been, then we've been out of fellowship for, with God for a longer time than we realize. <laughs> I'm just saying that, that, that if this is seen foreign or unreal or not true, I'm saying that maybe we've been there a long time and we don't even know it. That's what frightens me sometimes is I think I can, I've been through stages in my Christian walk where I've been far away from the Lord for a very long time before I realized it. I don't want that. Um, you, you think about you know the church and on Laodicea where the Lord is outside on, on the door knocking. You know, when anybody let me in? I'm like, how did he get on the outside? You know, how long was Jesus gone before they realized it? You know, that's the picture I get. He's on the outside knocking on the door, and um, I don't want that. I don't want that for me. I don't want it for you. I don't want it for our church. Uh, and they were lukewarm, thought they had need of nothing, and I, I don't want that for any of us. Um, how, how does Jesus become gone and the whole church not even know it? You know, one of the greatest things that really should motivate us for revival is that, is that we desire the presence of God. Well, what is it that a child of God wants most? What we should want most, when we think about, you know, what we desire the most, or when we think about going to heaven, what is it we think about? It should be, I can't wait to see the Lord, can't wait to be with the Lord. That, that, that's what we should be wanting the most. That, that's in us as children of God. We desire that presence. And I think that's what revival is. That revival is desiring that, that closer communion with the Lord that you didn't have yesterday or you didn't have last week. When we realize, though, that it's our sin that, is, that we're hanging on to that's hindering that closeness, and we make that connection, then we've got to, we've got to make a choice as the people of God. Are we... How much do we really want that closeness? How much do we really want that intimacy? Am I willing to let go of this pet sin? I think it's a pet sin, but it's really not. But this thing I'm hanging on to over here, do I really want to walk with the Lord? Do I really want His presence? Am I willing to repent? Am I really really willing to confess it, to let go? Because Christ, His presence, His intimacy, His communion, His joy, His peace... His presence, just walking close to Him is far greater than, than the, the, the fleshly entertainment, the fleshly joy I'm getting, you know, from this sin. It's desiring the presence of the Lord more. When we pray for revival, what is it we're praying for? Well, we should be praying, one of the things we're praying for is for the presence of God to draw near. And see, I, I think that it kind of works both ways. You know, we turn from sin, the Lord draws near, and at the same time, when the Lord draws near, we turn from sin. Those two just really go hand in hand. I don't, and I think we see that principle in the scriptures, and we'll see that maybe in just a moment if we have time. But um, when we have the presence of God, 
uh, that we experience an intimacy and a joy in Christ that, that, that we never have. And I think that's what we should be wanting, to, 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 to enjoy the Lord. I, was it Psalms 85 where it says, uh, Will you not revive your people again? Then he says what? That they may rejoice in you. One of the results of revival is that the people of God's their joy is centered on the person of Christ. So how do you know you've had revival? You're turning from sin and your joy is focused on the Lord. That's your joy. That's your affection. That's, that's where you're getting it, is in Him. But if we're going to want that kind of revival, it doesn't happen without a change a view of how we relate to our sin in our life. In other words, we can't have revival without repentance. We can't have revival without being willing to, to say, Lord, show me my sin. Lord, make your presence known. Re- reveal, may your holiness reveal my unholiness and reveal things about myself that maybe I haven't been wanting to see for a while or wanting to deal with for a while. I think when we get, really get a proper view of the person of Christ and who He is, that it will reveal to us our sin. And so revival is wanting to see Christ first. Christ be revealed to us. That we might see Him and, and then see ourselves and then see our own vileness and our own sin from being in His presence that we might turn from those things. I like what Henry Blackaby said. He said, When the holy God draws near in true revival, people come under terrible conviction of sin. The outstanding feature of spiritual awakening has been the profound consciousness of the presence and holiness of God. That's another thing I've seen in some testimonies regarding the Asbury Revival because sometimes it's just totally quiet. It's not like they're just singing and praising all the time. That's not what's going on. Sometimes they're just standing there... Hundreds of people in total quietness. And then there'll just be a, maybe a, a group of people over there praising the Lord quietly. And people are just standing there in all of the presence of God. That's, I like that. When God makes His presence undeniably known unto us, we, we won't be able to help become to grips with the horrible nature of our sin. In other words, it's, it's going to be apparent. And not until we see how horrible sin is will we actually turn from it. And so it all works together, seeing the presence of the Lord, having our sin revealed, so that then we turn from it. So is it a turning from sin that brings the presence of God, or is it the presence of God that brings a turning from sin? I, I think there's a little bit of both that happens there, because the Lord says, you know, uh, draw on out of me, and I'll draw on out of you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. You know, so there, there is, a, there is a, a turning from sin, a turning toward God, and God turns towards us, and then we turn from sin even more. Uh, we just can't divide it. We don't have to know the right formula, but we need to know they go together. We need to know that it is the presence of God, a turning from sin. I want that. People shouldn't be able to just come into the house of God and and a spirit of worship and praise and just have all kinds of sin in their life that they're not dealing with and and just leave the same.
Remember Isaiah, and I'll finish here just real quickly. Remember Isaiah in chapter 6, and when he seen the Lord lifted up, he cried out, Woe is me, I am unclean. Remember they cried, Holy, holy, holy. That's revival right there. Isaiah experienced revival right there. You want revival? Pray that God would help you to see how holy he is. How holy, holy, holy God is. If we can get a glimpse of that, if we can catch a small glimpse of how holy our God is, we'll be like Isaiah. And we'll say, Lord, I'm a person of unclean lips and want that purging and want that cleansing. Oh, we need a glimpse of that, of the holiness of God and that our sin might be revealed. Well, we, either we're going to have to run from God because we can't stand to be in His presence or we're going to fall before Him and say, Lord, help me, forgive me. I want that. More and more in my life, and more and more in the life of the church in which I pastor. I've got a lot more here tonight, but I'm done. May I'll just keep it up for the next few weeks, all right? Let's pray. Father, I pray, uh, Lord, that you would use some thoughts we have tonight that bring you honor and glory. And Father, I pray that we can catch a better glimpse of how holy you are, that it might reveal to us, Lord, our uncleanness. We become very comfortable sometimes with our sin because it's not as bad as the culture around us. Father, help us to see our sin how you see our sin and help us to, to see Christ and what he did for us. May we, Lord, confess. May we repent. May we ask for forgiveness. and May we, may we rejoice in the, in the blood that's been shed for us to give us forgiveness and Lord, may we receive, Lord, your strength, your help. May we walk in your presence, Lord. May we, everywhere we go, Lord, be a testimony, Lord, of you, of the gospel of Christ, of your righteousness, of your holiness, that people that are without Christ would see that and desire that. Father, start in me, start in my own heart, and... Uh, Help me to uh, be broken before you as I ought. Help me, Lord, never be comfortable in any sin. Help me to see sin for what it is. And help us, Father, I pray, to truly, truly desire you. Because desiring revival is truly desiring Christ more than anything else, more than the flesh. And help us, Lord, to see that. In Jesus' name, amen.